we're back. We're back. It's Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, there ho, he is. Ho, Roth. It's a distraction. How are you, Roth? I'm good, man. That was very festive. Thank you for the festive welcome. Oh, 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 That's oh. terrific. You, are you going to do the whole episode in Santa voice? Because the listeners have been clamoring for this. Great bouncing icebergs. <laughs> You're not going to you believe feeling? it, folks. I feel good. You're not going to believe it, folks. But Broth is in Maine. Uh, yeah, this we is did a Maine based podcast. So. Yeah, we did it. We went back. We did the whole quarantine on both ends type thing. It feels incredible. Uh, now we can't leave this home, but it's there's snow outside. So that's nice. Are you are you glad you did it? Is it nice? Yeah. I mean, it's nice to do in the sense that, like, you know, it, we weren't getting anything out of the experience in New York. And right. I wanted Kate to see her dad. And, you know, it's it's where I'm, you know, I don't have, like, a real experience of Christmas beyond going to see, like, Oliver Stone movies with my parents. Uh, so this is, like, a way better version of it. You know, there's a tree and uh, I have, like, tasks. I carry firewood. It's good. It's good for me. Oh, it's like getting sent to reform firewood. school. Yeah, yeah. The carrying of firewood is like my folks used to make me do it at Christmas time. And it was a bitch. It was like, uh, I just want to drink eggnog until I puke, Mom. Don't make me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to some nog. I'm I'm saving it because it's the sort of thing. I'm not really like a built for for nog. I don't have the years of experience that you do. I imagine you could just stay putting that stuff away from sun up to sundown. You know what? I'm a total puss now. I drink almond nog. Oh, I didn't even know they made that. They make it. They make it uh, like it's, I mean, I don't think it's nog by any definition, but it's like almond milk eggnog. So it's, you know, it's got tincture of eggy nogginess in it. And, you does know, it, it's, it's. Does it come in one of those overly busy containers that's like, what? Did I fuck up? No, you didn't, bitch. This is almond nog. Guess what? It's, it's better for like. It comes in a regular carton, except I bought a fancier one that comes in like. You know those creamers that come in cartons that look like it looks like a vase, like yeah. it's it's thick on the bottom and then it curves and then it's got like a it looks like a decanter it's for an like amphora, fucking quartz, except for it's full of like the carnation uh, product. Yeah. yeah, and my son likes the almond nog, but he only likes one kind of almond nog, so he tried the other one and spat into the sink. And I was like, show some respect. Yeah, first for of all, the a lot yuppies, of almonds gave their the not their lives for that. The shitty yuppie almond nog boy, but I don't. So I don't drink regular eggnog because it's so heavy. One of my favorite old David Tell jokes, I have a lot of favorite old David Tell jokes, but he would make fun of eggnog and he would say, I want to get a little drunk, but I also want pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really um, a testament to what we've built here with this podcast that last week we were going over like the ridiculousness of the Williams-Sonoma catalog. And in the first five minutes of this podcast, we have gotten significantly <laughs> to the right of the uh, Williams-Sonoma catalog in terms of bougie obnoxiousness. Oh, dude, the one of the things that I noticed when I when I posted the Hater's Guide on Defector last week was, like, all the commenters were like, oh, I have that. It's kind of good. Doesn't quite work. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit. The commenters have betrayed the, uh, the, the facade of everyday, uh, everyman uh, righteousness that I put up. No, it's and, a bunch of fussy lawyers being like, yeah. you did not describe the Coravan co- correctly. First yes. of all, it's van. But someone, I, someone got I like pissed that, at us though. for that. <laughs> it was the sort of thing where it was very, like, I did not mind any of the comments, because nobody was, like, mad about it. But there were a lot of people being like, I thought you should know that Drew described that very poorly. The actual product <laughs> itself. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not mad. 
I'm not mad at the uh, I'm not mad at the commenters, but it was definitely a mask off. Mo- I mean, it's clear. Like, I went to Exeter. I went to Colby. My parents have lived in Connecticut for 30 years. I'm a wasp. I'm yeah. the target audience for that. The call is coming camera. from inside the house. Yeah, the call is coming from inside the manor, and so it's <laughs> it's it was just such a such an obvious thing. But I, I just had to say to the commenters like, shh, don't don't let them know that I'm I'm actually a, an upper crust dickhead. <laughs> I actually authentically am a little bit far afield from this. Like I've not had the famous um, peppermint brittle or whatever the the product was. Peppermint bark. It's bark. It's bark Ross. It's peppermint. But bark. I'm uh I'm curious. You know, like I'm I'm willing to learn. I'm up here, <laughs> you know, uh, carrying a, a Christmas tree through the snow. I'm like open to new experiences. Uh the bark's great. I mean, no one who who has had the bark has complained about it. Like it's yep. hilarious that it's forty bucks and you get a tin that says like. Althea on it or whatever the fuck. Did but you see like, the, the, the uh, reader? One of our readers, I, I regret not having the name in front of me, was like, you can pretty much get anything you want on the tin. And so like one of them is like, he sent some examples that he'd made that were just like, yes. eat shit. <laughs> just like, which I think is delightful that William Sonoma is actually low-key, extremely uh, laissez-faire on stuff like that. Yes, he sent, I have it in front of me. He got eat shit 2020. I've gotten a couple Christmas cards that like one of my wife's friends sent an ornament that said "fuck 2020" in a spiral, yeah. like in a snowflake. My kids liked that. Kids loved it. Yeah. Uh, in peach mint, with the mint spelled like M I N T, and then cunty twats was the, <laughs> Jeez. the which is a very, a very, very British uh, bit of profanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can kind of yeah. That's like getting in on like off on a technicality or whatever, where they're like, we can't have curses on it, but like. If it's a curse, like if it's like a Cockney curse, meaning like something like, and we can't prove that it's an American profanity, then like, yeah, go ahead. Do what you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. My New Year's resolution is to incorporate the C-bomb into American profanity as deftly as British people have done it. Yeah. My New Year's resolution is to go see a movie in a movie theater with my wife and then go get a drink afterwards and talk about it. I honestly think you will be able to do that. I hope so. I mean, it would be cool to do it before summer, but I would settle for doing it during the summer. I just have been uh, really thinking about that. I think I've had dreams about parties, not even cool parties, not interesting parties, just like being at a part, like in a room with other people, some of whom I know, some of whom I don't. And then like I wake up and I was like, oh, that was interesting. I wonder where that came from. It's like when I... uh, when I stopped eating red meat for 14 years, I, st- I started again. But I would have yes. dreams about eating red meat. And then when I stopped drinking after my injury, I inevitably had a few dreams about where I would be drinking, and I wouldn't think anything of it. And in the middle of the dream, I'd be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. And then I'd wake up and be like, oh, oh, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just high. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's tough good. that way. You never, you yeah. never really know the distance between your unconscious and actually just the, the high brain that you have. I would say that, um, like, fuck 2020, eat shit 2020, whatever, as a sentiment, I know that that's, like, become uh, sort of, like, a a normal thing now, that that's, like, a consensus. Uh, And I can't really argue with it, but I've been trying, like, you know, we only have a few days left in the year, and I've been trying to kind of, like, reconcile how I actually uh, feel about all of it. And the answer is, like, insanely bad. But also, like, I have no, even by the standards of, like, old guy collapsing brain, I have no idea how far back 2020 goes. Like I, to me, it's like it's 30 months. Yeah, it's a it's a time portal. It was like its own Trump administration. Yeah, like, it was uh, like just like this kind of dilation where like stuff that happened in 2017 maybe also happened in June, 
Yeah. It was one year of four more years, and that's why. I oh. So I remember at the end of 2016, everyone was like, 2016, worst year ever. And everyone was like, <laughs> okay. Like, Just you we, fucking wait. We elected we got, the yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 2020, like all the 2020 jokes are, were justified because the year was shit. Although I have to tell you, and I want this is what I want to talk about because, and I I don't know how to say I don't know how to say this without sounding like a complete dick, but then again I sound like a complete dick every week. Yeah, that's but fine. It's, people love I, it. That's that's I the can, character. I can only say personally that I had a wonderful year, which doesn't make any sense because I think, um, you know, now that we're all extremely online, it's very hard to separate your own personal welfare from the welfare of the world. So the world's doing really bad. Therefore, you know, you know, you open up your doom scroll and you're like, well, you know, my day's ruined. But really it's not you can still compartmentalize and your personal world can be okay within that. That's how it used to be like before online, like you could I don't know in like I don't know, in the 1800s or something. Like, you know, there could be a, <laughs> there could be a fucking war five yeah. miles over, but you'd be, you wouldn't know about it and you'd be like baking fresh bread and that would be a nice day for you. Like, yeah, I can, if, you're not, if you're not in the Spanish Armada, the, the sinking of the Spanish Armada might not mean that much to you. Yeah, yeah. So I had like a good year. Like I went to therapy. I got very mentally fit. I got physically fit. We started this website, like, which was like no small thing. Like, and I'll I'll tell the story, and you might tell me I can't tell it, but like it was this time last year. In fact, it was a year ago on Christmas Eve. It was last Christmas Eve, where we got the the news that there was going to be an investment, uh, a term sheet for Defector, and that we were going to have a website. And so we were all like, and my mom, I swear to God, my mom was like. I don't think that's an accident. Because we got the news after we went to church, the one time we a year we go to fucking church. And my mom was like, I don't know. That's pretty. And I was like, Mom. You're like, like even... it might not be, but let's not take this as some sort of signal that we should be going to church more often. Right. right, right. Well, my mom we can is, be adults about all this. Because my mom is extremely not religious. In fact, hostile religions, which is why I grew up rather hostile to religion. So, uh, but for her, so for her to say it, she's like, she's, she's like, you know, it, it's like how my daughter treats astrology. My, my daughter's like, don't be talking bad about astrology at the dinner table, yo. And I'm like, all right, calm the fuck like down. You, will, you might anger the Sagittarius. Yeah. 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 I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I, just, I mean, it's funny. I didn't remember that it was Christmas Eve last year, but I did, you know, it was a long time coming that we thought that the site was going to be a thing. And that's right. And I never really thought that it wasn't going to happen because I, I have a great deal of faith in the people that we were working with. And I think we really did have like, you know, a unique kind of value proposition. But I also, you know, it's the year that it was like even before there was a fucking plague on. I was just like not willing to accept that any of this was possible until it was actually happening. I don't know that I'd say that this was a great year for me. I, I've had happier ones. But right. the fact that we have this site now and we didn't when it started uh, is like, I don't know. I, I found myself feeling very grateful for it. But again, as you said, it's like a weird thing to sort of feel grateful for because like also every other thing that we, you know, believed in or grew up with is like atrophied or falling down around our ears right away, you know, in ways that you can't ignore. Right, yet, it, was, uh, it was. But here's our website. Here's our stupid podcast. You know, like we're lucky. Right, because it was a year where you could not avoid 
you know, you could not ignore the world's consequences in your own personal life because you had to stay home. You had to wear a mask. My, my kids could not go to school. That altered their year significantly. Um, so all of that, you know, I took all that into account. And the other thing about Defector was, and I remember it was around January, February, right when the specter of the pandemic was really growing, like intensely. And I remember Billy Hazley in Slack was like, this going to fuck with our website? And I was like, shut up, Billy. It's not going to happen. We'll be all right. And then it totally fucked with the website. Oh and so God. we waited. How we didn't launch. Yeah. We didn't launch until September. So we had nine months after that Christmas Eve of really waiting on tenor hooks to see if we could actually pull this off. And that's the end of the year. And we did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to to sort of like pull out your own feelings from the broader sort of context of being exhausted and sort of frightened and despondent <laughs> about like the broader state of things. It but is. I've been trying to do that. And I think that that's like, I don't know. I mean, like the goal for us in having the site, I mean, like is I think pretty simple and we've been pretty clear about just wanting to have a place where we can all work together, you know, that'll make us a little bit of money. And, but like as a cash flow business, like we're not trying to become ESPN or whatever. Right. Yeah. What I hope will happen is that, there'll be more sites like this, you know, and that there'll be other opportunities for places, you know, that do something like what we do outside of this like failing structure of the, you know, the industry in which most of this is still suspended. Well, that was and, the other thing is that we waited for nine months because we had no other jobs. Like, right. like I had a nice freelancing year. I'm not going to complain about that. Like I was one of the rare people who was able to flourish as a free- freelancer right now, only because a very, very, very special circumstances that, that other people, other people in our line of work don't have the privilege you've also, of, I, of access. Also, to be fair, you're very good and you've been doing it for 10 years. It's a different sort of thing. Yeah, I'm fucking great. And I'm like, you know, like I'm well known and all that stuff. So I had that advantage on my side and like a lot of other people, but I couldn't find a real time. I couldn't find like a full-time job. I couldn't get healthcare. I was paying Cobra for eight months, eight months until we started Defector. Like the fact that I didn't have to pay Cobra anymore was like an astonishing victory. You're one year. of the, I think the only people I know that has ever actually availed themselves of the Cobra option. Cause like, right, every cause it's time so I've expensive. Been, yeah. Every time I've been laid off from a job they're like, you get some letter where they're like, we're pleased to offer you like the plan that you were just on for a mere $2,670 a month. That actually is pretty much what my Cobra bill was. Yeah. But I mean, you actually need it cause you have a thing. I have you know, brain that, damage. So yeah, right. it's important. I don't, you know, you want to say it uh, so directly, but yeah, you like can, for me, it's like it. the idea of like spending that kind of money, like, in my 30s, I was like, you know what? I think I'll just not have insurance for a while because, like, this seems stupid and expensive. And, like, if I don't go outside, how can I get sick? Yeah. It's it's one of the weird things about aging is where you don't get sticker shock anymore. You just sort of – you see the bill <laughs> and you're just like, uh, uh That sucks. Got, well, what are you going to do? The other, I mean, I remember, I remember when I moved to New York in 1998 after graduating college – and I had to look at the rents and like, I was like, what? Like, and of course, of course now I think my rent, I think my rent at the time was um, like 1500 bucks. How much? In, Say again. 1500 bucks. Terrific. I think it was. For Which a was, one bedroom? No, it was a fucking, it was a studio, but it had an alcove. So that Where was, was it? like, it was in Midtown. So it had, Ridiculous. I was like, I was like, oh my God, there's a whole alcove where I can put the bed. 
and the rest of it can be like a TV, it can be a bachelor pad and like, and it has carpet. I was like, wow. And, and it had half a fridge. I was like, this is the high. I'm living like a fucking So you had like a beer swingle. fridge and a foreman grill. And that was. Yeah, I totally, I totally had a foreman grill. And I had, I had a freezer that was the freezer in the mini fridge, like was fully, uh, fully clogged with, with, uh, uh, fluffy white frost. Yes. With frost. What, we what, love what it. the fuck? I can't, I can't think of the, uh, what is what is the name of it when when food gets frostbite? It's not oh, the uh, it gets um freezer burned. Uh, freezer burned. Yeah. Yes. All right. So it was entirely caked over with freezer burn, and inside of that was an ice tray that was it was a metal tray, and there was uh, a grid inside of it with a pull lever. Yes, so, I remember those. Did you so ever you... <laughs> uh, actually slash your finger on one of those? Because that was one of my first official acts as somebody living independently in New York City. No, but, but there were had times one of those in my fridge. No, but there were times where it was so frozen, like I couldn't pull the lever. Like no nice. matter no matter how drunk I was, I couldn't I couldn't do it. Uh, it we were I was so when we were driving up here, uh, Kate and I were talking about like our like initial forays into trying to cook dinner for ourselves around that time in our lives. And like you're a pretty serious food person now, but I remember you telling a story on an early podcast appearance about how you would use the Foreman Grill or misuse it. And you were just yes. like, I would just cook chicken thighs in it every night, and I never yep. clean the fat trap. And it was just like that to me has always been the gold standard for just like perverted twenty-two-year-old kitchen stylings. I did that, and I would buy sausages, and I would buy stovetop stuffing, and I'd make the stovetop stuffing. Which, by the way, I'll still vouch for stovetop stuffing. It's fucking great. And I would cut up the sausages and mix it in and put hot sauce on it, and that was my dinner. Like that was my bachelor dinner. So it was either that. Or foreman chicken thighs. So that yeah. was my. That's when you're trying to knock out the fat, but also leave in the flavor. That's that's right. That's right. I said it and forget and it. You forget you said it, and then I would fall asleep on my own futon watching a Bengals game. So anyway, that that rent was like fifteen hundred bucks a month. I can guarantee you that shit ass studio apartment in Midtown now rents for like four grand a month. Like yeah. you can, I can guarantee it. Like, the stuff that I remember fondly, the apartments that we were shown when we were first moving in here, where we were like, it's exciting. Like, this is, you know, on that, like, kind of, like, the party in the USA sort of energy that young people bring to moving someplace. Right. Who knows, like, what kind of amazing fortune awaits us here. And then you, like, look at a, a apartment in, like, Chinatown where they're like, well, one of the bedrooms is underwater. Uh, right. but that's like, so one of you guys is going to obviously get the short straw on that one. And there's carp that live in it, but they're friendly carp. And they're uh, affiliated with the restaurant located directly below you. And then also sometimes the restaurant above you will come down and ask for a carp as well. This is $2,300. I remember my wife and I moved here and we were uh, like 28, 27. And, uh, and we had, we find, we had a, we had a one bedroom apartment. So we were like, oh my God, we have a whole other room. Wow. That's awesome. And we threw a housewarming party. And like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to make batch cocktails and, and like get, get like a, a, a fruit platter and it's gonna be a kick-ass part and three people showed up I was like, <laughs> uh, like all our all our all our friends down here were like oh yeah no dave you know dave's having a party uh tonight so we're going to that it was we like, got was, two fruit platters so yeah yeah so it's like i was like well this is an inauspicious beginning but then now here i am in an actual house that I can't leave. So yeah. who's who's the winner now? It looks like yeah, that's I, you know. So that actually brings us back to 2020. Who's to say that it hasn't all been leading up to this, to this yeah. moment of triumph 
trapped indoors talking about old apartments we had. Let's take a break and come yeah. right back. <laughs> We're back. So uh, I'm bullish on 2021, but again, I I can't complain about my own existence in 2020. But I think it's, I I think one thing that I need to do, sort of in the new year, is do my best to. It's weird because I want to divorce my my own sort of personal prospects from how the Earth is doing at any given moment because the world's never going to be perfect. It's always going to be fucked. Yeah, well, there's only so much you can control. That's a really, that's like a fucking life's pursuit there is trying to keep all that in mind for me. That's right. You can't control any of it. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to feel ignorant or, or tone deaf. And that's, you know, that, and, you know, as a blogger, as a professional blogger, mm. I endeavor to not sound What a great way to start a tone. sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I endeavor. I endeavor to not sound tone deaf. But, you know, at a certain point, you have to actually live something of a tone deaf existence if you want to just stay sane. Like the whole, this is not normal thing that people have been doing for four years. Like, you know, I know, I know Trump just pardoned like 50 mass murderers. That's what he does. Like, I can't. It's hard. I, I mean, it's what am I going to gonna do? Chop my own head off? Like, where your obligations lie? As somebody who spent a lot of this year writing about, about Trump too, that like, at some point, like you don't owe him being upset all the time, every hour of every day. Like, yeah, that's just otherwise what he, he would, wants. The whole yes, purpose of his presidency is that all you think about is fucking him. That the yep. only thing that anybody talks about is him. Like, so yeah, like one active resistance to that would be to just find something in your life that is better and more beautiful than that fucking canker sore of a dude. Yeah, it shouldn't be hard to find, and then just go from there. I will say, since he lost, I I think about him less, which is yep. great. Feels like it feels it feels like. It was like, oh, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend. It's like, oh, <laughs> I'm free. I don't, this person is not my fucking problem anymore. Hey, you ready to drink from the poison chalice? Oh, already? <laughs> my goodness, yeah. let's do so it. So you can make, just so we can divorce ourselves from all the bad things in the world, yeah, let's, let's get, think, let's, let's, let's think about a, something bad that isn't about the president. This is from Rod Graham, Twitter user Rod Graham. He's an associate professor of sociology and criminology. And coordinator of Old Dominion University's cyber crime program. Well, I bet they have done a lot in the field of cyber. We love ODU. Because of- That's where Mark West went. His, uh, his tweet, he got dunked on this week for this. He said, I don't see the need for sex scenes in movies anymore. Most <laughs> don't push the plot along. And the act is better left to the imagination. God, that is such a Greg Easterbrook sentence. They are not needed any more than body scenes are needed. Body scenes. This guy is this guy is either five years old or ninety-five years old. Just unbelievable. Absolute potty scenes. I wanted to, I wanted to reply to him, but what what if I want to masturbate during the movie? What am yeah. I supposed to do? Like <laughs> one thing you seem to have left out, Professor. Yeah, the, I, to me, that is also very much like, that's a very like 2020 culture sort of uh, like take there in the sense that like the movies that have replaced all other movies are movies that would have no need of a sex scene because everyone in them is like, a, wears a cape all the time. Right. It's constantly fighting a bad guy that also wears a cape. Right. Yeah. Like. The, what was the last big movie that had a sex scene? Like Watchmen? Like yeah, can we talk? We're going to talk about that sex scene. I'd love to do it if you if you're interested because I think I, that that's 
the perfect example of a sex scene that is also a potty scene. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but it's also like, that's the, the problem with trying to, I mean, if all movies are kids movies, which is basically true now, right. then like what would be like trying to shoehorn some scene um, in the owl ship set to Leonard Cohen <laughs> performing Hallelujah is like, that's the one instance in which you have to tip your cap to Professor Graham. There's no reason that anybody needs to be seeing that shit. As hilarious okay. as it is, but in my defense, uh, it had naked people in it, so I was I was aroused. Oh, so yeah. I, like, I was like, "Oh, they played Leonard Cohen. Oh, that's so overwrought." Let me watch it again to make sure how silly it is. It's but also just, great because, like, that's in the same way that everything that Zack Snyder does is like you know little clues in the endless uh, true detective process of trying to figure out how a person actually wound up like that. Like, I think that that's what Zack Snyder believes sex is like. It could be what it's like it. if you're him. But the idea, it's like when I was a, a, a kid and I had like not had sex, and I had, but I had seen Red Shoe Diaries and I was like, all right, so like sex is when there's enough candles in the room. <laughs> you know, like it was, and so for Zack Snyder, the idea of being like, what is the most, you know, erotic possible adult encounter? Like, all right, it takes place in a spaceship in low orbit between two people who are floating. I feel like all that adult stuff got shoved off to prestige TV and that's where it is now. And it's just not really in movies anymore unless it's like, you know, unless they, unless it's this time of year when the raft of Oscar movies came in, except there are no Oscar movies this year because, <laughs> because they couldn't make any goddamn movies. Yeah. It is um, weird. I mean, I feel like in some ways, like in order for a sex scene to fit within a movie, it would have to be a movie about like adult people with lives that have sex in them. And I, there just are not, a great many of those getting made now. Yeah, like those are just like those are sort of the mid-budget movies that don't get made anymore. Like yeah. there's no like big action movies with like like the I think the Nice Guys was the last like big movie I saw that had like nudity and like gratuitous violence in it, and it was a flop. And they won't let Shade and Black make it ever ever again. They'll let them make but, Iron Man four because Iron Man three made money and it sucked. Uh, but we love our nice guys. That's a formal endorsement from the Distraction Podcast on my such, behalf, anyway. It is such a good movie. Every Shane Black, every Shane Black movie, that and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it was like, and I, of course I grew up on Lethal Weapon, you know. So like, yeah. to see that back was like, it's how it's it's how Star Wars fanboys feel like when Luke comes back on the Mandalorian. Yeah, like, it's that's just like, like how you feel when somebody like hurts himself, falls down, and fires a handgun. It works. It's yeah. different generations, like different things. Yeah, I was like boobs on a screen. My childhood is back. It's great. <laughs> Your guy of the week, Donald Iguaybuike. Hell yes, we love Iguaybuike. We love him. He was a kicker. He For was the a kicker. Bucks, but also, I imagine the- you remember him as a Viking. He was a Viking for one year. He was also, uh, he also, I believe, played in the, uh, oh, he's in the CFL for the Baltimore Stallions and the Memphis Mad Dogs when the, when the CFL made a, uh, an ill-advised excursion uh, south of the border and had a yeah. couple of American expansion teams for like a day and a half. He was That on. was good shit. That was, um, I often get those teams confused with the XFL teams, but I believe that one of the CFL teams was the Orlando Rage which is a name that I've thought about uh, often since. I don't remember what league it was in, but I remember their jerseys were the color of the lemon-lime Gatorade, and Kerwin Bell was their quarterback, and they just it didn't work, and it was so obviously not going to work. And yet, even when I was in, like, eighth grade, I was like, I appreciate this effort. It was an XFL team. It was yeah, part okay. of the original that makes more sense. XFL the, team. I, so what I remember about Igwe Buike, and I looked this up 
to make sure that I was remembering it properly, and I was happy uh, that I was not. So he was arrested as part of a big heroin trafficking thing, and then he was just acquitted. Yes, that's right. Yeah, An I innocent man up. wrongly accused. Yeah, I remember it was like a big scandal. I think it happened while, well, I know it happened while he was kicking for the Vikings, and they, I think they released him. Because they're like, well, we can't have any drug dealers on the Vikings, our team that is exclusively resigned to driving while intoxicated. Yeah. Well, that's like more of a, that's actually, I don't think illegal in most of the upper Midwest. Well, the Broncos sort of, frowned upon. the Broncos seized the DUI crown from the Vikings like a, a while ago. But like when I was growing up in the 90s, like if you were a Viking, you had to get a DUI. That was like. He didn't jump into the gang. That was so a prerequisite. After they were like, is Gary Anderson around? And he was like, I'm 52 years old. And hell yes, I'm around. Let's do this thing. <laughs> it was good too. Hey, it's time for Dead or Canceled. We're blowing through it because we want to get to Christmas. Uh, dead or Canceled. Uh, I actually needed to look it up myself. So I Kelsey'd myself. This is exciting. You're Dead or Canceled this week. Who is this person? This person dead or are they canceled? It's Marlon Brando. Are they dead or canceled? Marlon Brando. Oh, wow. Uh, right. I believe that Marlon Brando has passed. Is that right? Yeah, Marlon Brando died in 2004, and I okay, and I long was, enough ago that I was just like, maybe he's not making movies right now. Yeah, yeah, I he definitely not making. He wasn't. No one was inviting him to make a movie before his death, anyway, because he had already made like Island of Doctor Moreau and all that shit. But Island of uh, Doctor Moreau, have you ever seen that? No, I mean, I've always been curious about it. I love John Frankenheimer and it's got a lot of other really good actors in it, but like, it seems like it was the sort of thing where like nobody could tell Brando not to do stuff. So he would show up and be like, I was thinking that maybe I could have it with everybody else's hair. And they were like, all right, that's me. <laughs> that's a good Brando. Thanks. I, I have like to work on it. It'll look happy, Larry. There was an old yeah, I don't SNL the skit. the last movie I saw him in. I like guess like Don Juan DeMarco, possibly. Uh, the Freshman was the last one I saw him in, and he was wow. great in it. It's yeah, a great movie. He was. He was delightful in it. But he was he was Don Corleone in it. Yeah. This is an ugly word, the scam. Uh, let's get to the fun bag. It's the last fun bag question, and it's going to be the last Trump question of the week. Forever. Forever. You ready? Sadly, uh, he's died. Chris writes in, do you think Donald Trump can flip somebody off? Like, does he have the fine motor control to put his fingers into that configuration? It seems like someone of his temperament would flip people off just all the time, but I can't think of ever seeing him do it. I wonder if he's even capable. Does Donald Trump have the motor function to give you the bird? What a delightful question this is. What a right? journey it takes us on. <laughs> it really uh, does. So I think there's a couple of arguments against him being able to do it. Uh, like for one thing, you don't he he doesn't do a, a great deal with his hands beyond like make them into fists and sometimes like just point vaguely at people that he sees in crowds and stuff well, like that. Well, he does the he does the sizing thing. Like every speech, it's like like I caught a fish this big. Like he does that with his hands. Yes, right. The one where it looks like he's playing a weird accordion. Yeah, but <laughs> that's right. He, but he does not. <laughs> but he doesn't. It's hard for me to imagine. Although at the same time. If he were doing it, this will be my my heavily caveated answer. If he were capable of doing it, it would be the sort of thing that he'd do while uh, like biting down on his lower lip in such a way that his two front teeth are visible. Like yeah. making the, the truck boy face that he makes whenever they like give him a piece of heavy equipment to sit on. <laughs> do you think he can do it? Yeah, I think he, I think he can give people the burden. I think he does it all the time. I think I I, I like to I like to imagine that he's just utterly incapable of any like 
basic human function. Like he doesn't even know how to breathe. But he there's shit he can do. So he can flip he can flip people off. He can like pour a cup of like coffee without spilling it. Well, he won't drink the coffee, but that's yeah. like like there are some very, very basic like he he can sit down on a chair. He can't like when he sits down, he sits weird, like he's taking a shit, yeah. but he can actually place his ass onto the chair and rest on it. Again, and that's fair. I think that this is, if this is really the last time that we're going to talk about him on the podcast, and I'm sure it will be. No, it's the last Donald Trump question. I'm sure we will talk about him at right. some other point. I was going to say, we should give some credit where it's due. Like, the guy really knows how to place his ass on things. <laughs> Whether it's a golf cart, a large overstuffed chair with, like, weird epaulets on it. Whatever it is, the guy can put his ass places. I mean, there's no shortage of ass for him to use. So, that's hey Can't miss. Can't miss with a... Are we gonna? Yeah, is this how we're gonna end it? This is how we're gonna end our podcast for the that, year. Do we have another that's how question? We're gonna end it. No, let's just <laughs> let's just get on with it. Let's get on to uh, Christmas. Yeah, you are obviously your wife uh, celebrates Christmas. You are a tribesman. Do you? Are you going to have some uh, some Chinese food and, and see a movie and things of that nature? I don't know, man. This is we can't. Well, we're not. We can't go anywhere. Uh, no. like we might do stuff, but right now, what it's basically been is like we play cards every night. Uh, Kate's dad and her and I, uh, like her mom passed a little while back. And so we do that. And then uh, at some point, her dad starts listening to uh, YouTube videos um, on his phone, very loud of uh, he's really into guys that use metal detectors to find old coins. So that's a really that's a pleasant sound to hear. Just uh, the sound of a metal detector screeching. And that uh, then a, we, that's such a grandparent move to watch videos. It is a super powerful thing. Yeah. And. But that's, like, basically the size of it. And then, you know, like, we spend all day thinking about what we're going to make for dinner um, and doing, like, sort of rote tasks about the house. I have come to really like it. I mean, it's, like, the the holiday itself is, like, you know, they never went to church. Like, obviously, that's not in the offing now. But the idea of it, like, I, I sort of just have secularized it in the way that I do Thanksgiving. Like, it's just a chance to sort of be with people and... Uh, not be working, and I yeah. have come to appreciate it very much for that. I have, I have, uh, I have other Jewish friends who just have a tree and they just do it because it's like, it's it's an American holiday. Like it's just basically, hey, let's give each other the free shit and hang pretty decorations, and that seems fine. Like you don't, yeah. Whatever they, it is, that, they did know, take it, the Christ out of Christmas. Oh, I, that's it. We won. Congrats. We won. You did, we did Howard. Congratulations. <laughs> And Merry Christmas and Happy 2021. We will see you on the other side of 2021. We will not be here next week. We will be doing nothing. Like yeah, I want to say we'll probably. be in Maui. We're not going to be in Maui. We're going to be stuck in a house. Yeah. I'm going to be driving. So assume that I'm moving very slowly outside of Hartford at the time when you'd ordinarily be listening to the podcast. Oh, who doesn't love the wonders of oh, 95 it's a good South? City, man. Great town. <laughs> Uh, Corinne Wallace Stevens. is our producer and engineer this week. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. And our theme song is by the immortal Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to Roth and me and just us this week. You can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. Ooh, Don't forget one. to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to Defector.com too because... It's still time to get yourself a holiday gift subscription. You go to Defector.com slash holiday dash gift, and you can get a holiday gift uh, subscription for yourself or for your loved ones and a free tote 
Yeah. Uh, that, I was oh, going to say, don't, don't forget the tote. Yeah, you get the tote, and that goes under your tree because you're going to keep your tree up too long because you're going to want to try and keep the, the holiday spirit alive past Christmas, which never fucking works. But have you tried it with a tote yet, though? Let's I have not, not rule anything out. I'm, uh, I'll, see, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do about that. I'll, if, I, if the tote has like lots of chocolate in it, I might be <laughs> Can't rule it out. We'll see you in 2021. Have a great right Christmas. On. Have a Thanks, happy everybody. new year. Bye. 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 Bye.